Can we sign off on this? He wants veto right over any Roy family member ever taking over as CEO. Millions have watched the HBO series Succession, where siblings are fighting over who gets control of the family-owned, multi-billion-dollar international media conglomerate. There's no succession plan in place. How about a fourth seat on the board for you? And place hard for balance for me. But what happens when a small family-owned business needs a succession plan? Does the second or third generation want to take over the business when the parents retire? Or do they want to do something completely different? For me, I'm not really into taking over the business. This is The Language of Business, a podcast to inform and inspire entrepreneurs. Anyone thinking about a startup or a business pivot. Hear from experts who've been there and done that. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Our host is Greg Stoller, Harvard MBA and senior lecturer at Boston University Questrom School of Business. In this episode, we look at succession in a small international family business. First, we'll look at Folder, a family-owned office supply chain in Spain, and then a family-owned Malaysian restaurant in Concord, Mass. Here's Greg Stoller. Don, thank you. If you're a child of a family business, is it 100% certainty that eventually you will end up in it? We're on location with Beatrice Iglesias Garcia, and welcome to the Language of Business. Thank you very much, Greg. Your family runs Folder, which is essentially the equivalent of Staples in Spain. You are originally from Spain and have studied in multiple countries. Why did you come to the United States and why are you currently at the Questrom School of Business? I have to say my dad actually studied here. He went to Suffolk. And ever since I can remember, he's emphasized the importance of leaving your comfort zone and he's always, he's a big fan of Boston. He loves it here. And now that I'm here, I have to say, I'm very glad I came here. Well, BU is one of the best business schools. So I decided to apply here to leave my comfort zone and to pursue my business career. I have to say Spain is much smaller than the US. Spain is a little bit smaller than Texas, but we have like 47 million people and families in general tend to be closer. We don't have that culture of living abroad when you go to college, which you mostly do in the US. So that makes families be closer together, which can be very good. But at the same time, it also has its trade-off. Each individual has different goals. So when working together, you have to be very smart and keep on the communication going in order to make a business be effective. Folder is currently in its second generation outside of you and your siblings. Is your grandmother still involved as the first generation with the business? She actually is. And I have to say, she's very into the business. She's very strong and hardworking woman. She's young. She's 75. She's probably going to kill me for saying her age, but she's 75. She's very active. She plays tennis. She loves traveling. Still very involved. But to be honest, the CEO, which is my dad, is the head of the business right now. It's rare for a family business successfully to make it two generations, let alone a third, is it 100% certainty that you and or your siblings will become the third generation? After these past two years, what I've come to learn is that 100% doesn't exist anymore. I would love to. I feel like I have to contribute. And after seeing my dad create his own business and wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning, not complaining because it's what he likes to do. I have to say, I want that. I want to have my own schedule and I want to create jobs and to create wealth in general. The office supply is an industry that it's currently on the edge because the world is changing very fast. So you have to look at technology and have to look at IT and see if the office supply is still going to be as important as it is now. 
Given that your father is CEO and your grandmother is the founder, the fact that you were educated outside of the United States, is that an advantage or a disadvantage from their perspective? An advantage, 100%. My dad has always said, come back when you have something to add to the company. You cannot just come here and be my daughter. If you come here, you're going to be a businesswoman. Leaving your country, meeting new cultures, the business that we currently have can be transformed into another business because the network of people and stores is there. In the past five years, they have really emphasized on DHL. And that is something that has come after in Spain that it has in the United States. Leaving your country can make you see a lot of ideas and a lot of new business plans. So as you move to diversify the business, reactive or proactive in light of the pandemic? Uh, to be honest, in the pandemic, they were classified as a necessity. So all the stores remained open. They didn't make a lot of profit, but they could cover costs. But people are moving to online shopping more and more. It's increasing exponentially. As you're considering joining the family business after graduation, what are your parents and grandparents' take on risk and innovation? And is that the same or different from yours? You can really see the difference between generations because my grandmother, as I said, she's really involved. But my dad is more the head of the business just simply because of generations. My dad was able to live in the U.S. and my grandmother wasn't. So that brings a huge generational gap. I'm starting to see that as well with technology. I was born in a generation. I was born in 2001 in a generation where phones are constantly in our lives. I think differences between generations are very important. Beatrice, what best practices have you and your family learned over the years in terms of attracting and retaining non-family members to join the business? I think the key from franchisees is that they have knowledge of a certain market that you don't. For example, they're currently expanding to Romania, which is a different country, different language, different culture. And they have four corporate-owned stores, but they need franchisees because they're going to step into the next level because they know the language, they know the culture. So I would say eagerness and motivation to have their own business. But for you and your family, this is your livelihood. It's your baby. For outsiders, it's potentially a job or an investment. Do you think over time that sows feelings of anger or malcontent? The company is family owned, so it's still going to be their baby. They're just adding friends to the family. My dad, whenever he comes back from a trip, he's always, he always learns something. He always emphasizes that you can always learn something from people. And people are your biggest assets. You can always learn from people. What do you think the business needs not only now, but also over the next decade in terms of staying current? The office supply business relies on paper. You write things down, so you need a pen, you print things out, so you need paper, you need ink. The thing is that right now, you can sign contracts on your computer. You can take notes on your iPad. The question would be, do we need to change the whole business? And when would we need to do that? I think we're going to see an amazing change in what the business actually does. It's going to be a radical change. Beatrice, thank you very much. Thank you. Beatrice Iglesias Garcia talking about family business planning and execution and differences between Europe and the United States. Don, back to you. Thanks, Craig. Next up, we look at a family-owned Malaysian restaurant in Concord, and the next generation is still in college and not sure what the next step is, when the language of business continues. I didn't even realize what it meant to be in a top tier business school until my first day. And I just really, for the first time, felt like I was in a place where everybody knew what was going on and everyone was incredibly driven. 
to study this and perfect this field. And so I think being in a top business school really means that you are finding the barriers and the edges of the field and pushing them a little farther. And that's what Questrom has taught me over the past four years. The curriculum at Questrom is really helpful because you get to not only study the basics of business, such as accounting or marketing, but you really get to dive further in and to see applications of the health sector and how business applies to sustainability efforts around the world. They really want us to kind of focus it on four emerging areas, and those areas were healthcare, security, sustainability, and technology. Those are really where the jobs are going to be. They really want us to come out from the Question School of Business and, like I said, be able to work in any area of the industry. Interested? Go to bu.edu slash Questrom. You're listening to The Language of Business and our look at succession in small family businesses. Now we go to Karma Concord in Concord, Mass, where the next generation might or might not join the family business. Back to Greg Stoller. Don, thank you. Our next guest always believes that family comes first. That's a very noble belief when things are going well, but what happens when things are potentially going sideways? We're joined by Daryl Queck, and welcome to The Language of Business. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Your family's in the restaurant business. How many years has the restaurant been open? The restaurant has been operated for almost five years. Family members, there's currently five, including me. Non-family members, there are approximately 25. Wow. Bartender is our highest turnover rate in the restaurant. One of it is my brother and his coworker, which we always call it his buddy. Sure. And then the second highest turnover rate is the sushi department, where there's five chefs and they are non-related family. For the family related, which is me and my sister, we both do the host, assistant manager, and I just do every position if there's any um, space that's need to be filled stably. Family recipes are often the crown jewel of any successful restaurant. To what extent, Daryl, do you consider these to be assets of the business or just menu items? There's a lot of secret recipe in every restaurant. Our is unique because my mom actually focused on beverages. Yep. My dad focused on food. My mom makes a really good Mai Tai. Not only Mai Tai, she also invented her cucumber Cosmo, interviewed by many local news reporters. On the other hand, my dad, he brings home food into the restaurant. One of our food is Hainanese chicken with rice, which is a Malaysian dishes. Not only that, we also have our unique curry dishes, curry chicken with rice. Of course, I do heavily think that recipe is a heavy asset. Sometimes me and my mom also talk about what if other customers would they ever like steal it and then operate in other business. My mom says, if they want to steal it, there are moral issues. But in the end of the day, my mom think that never sell the recipe is the best because it's our own culture. That's what customer loves it. So yes, recipe is a really huge asset in the restaurant industry as well as the beverage. Traditionally, restaurants involves very, very long days and a lot of pressure. What attracted you and or your family to the industry? My family business, to be honest, I think it's a privilege and it's a unique experience for myself and also for my family. First and foremost is sometimes if I don't get to see my parents every day, I can just go to a restaurant and see them. Sure. They are 24-7, even my siblings as well. That's my own experience. If I miss them, I can just go there anytime. It doesn't have to be my workday schedule or anything. Secondly, is that when there's an issues within the family, my parents tend to ask me and my siblings any ideas or any things to improve or anything, stuff like that. And thirdly, I think that being in the family business, sometimes it's a cons, like I said earlier, is because sometimes there's a lot of workers that try to not give their voices to the upper management, but to ourselves as in like me and my siblings. So those gets pressure in a way. Why don't you just go to the owners? That's the cons that's being done. And then sometimes like my parents just feel like, just ignore them or tell them to. A lot of the times we hear in family businesses that succession planning is important, but currently there is no succession plan. 
How does your family come out on this very important topic, please? This is part of cultures. For Asian cultures, succession plan is always comes to their child first. Even though if their child is not willing to take over or anything, they would either sell off the business or just try to have one of the child to take over. So I have two siblings, one older sister and one older brother. My brother is a bartender for the restaurant. I do every position and my sister is an assistant manager for the restaurant as well. For me, I'm not really into taking over the business. I prefer have my brother taking over because he has more of the experience as well as he's a full-time worker there. For me, I would like to focus all of the outsider information. But if any chance, if I have the opportunity to take over in the future, I would definitely help my parents. Succession plan as of now is not currently processed. And if there's any, it won't be a legal document or anything. It's just going to be like a word because we have a lot of trust within our family. So none of that issue will happen if we have to go back and forth. But unlike your older siblings, you're a full-time student. How are you able to juggle academic demands with the stress of running an actual business of which you're a family member. Freshman year of high school, I start part-time working with my family. It wasn't great for me, to be honest, because I play tennis and I have to devote a lot of time in there. Personally, don't like it. But as the time goes on, I feel like it's actually a unique experience because not only you get to work, you get to earn money, but at the same time, you get to interact with customers. You get to learn from their experiences. So that helped me a lot because I like to communicate with people who has a lot of experience and I want to learn what they do and also like what I want to do in the future. If that's something that I'm interested with the connection of like the communication. So it's a unique experience. What are your plans after you graduate? Are you intentionally going to do something else? Or is it expected that a year later, you're automatically going to go into the restaurant? I hope to get an internship in a consultant firm. After that, if I have a little more free time in the future, future as in 20 years later, if my family business still around or still need my help, definitely I will help them. Because I think by that time, 20 years later or 30 years later, a restaurant that can operate more than 20 years is really good. You can either expand to other countries. I can even bring it back to Malaysia to open up another chain or restaurant. So you're originally from Malaysia. A lot of the times we hear in family businesses that succession planning is important, but currently there is no succession plan. How does your family come out on this very important topic, please? This is part of cultures. For Asian cultures, succession plan is always comes to their child first. Even though if their child is not willing to take over or anything, they would either sell off the business or just try to have one of the child to take over. So I have two siblings, one older sister and one older brother. My brother is a bartender for the restaurant. I do every position and my sister is an assistant manager for the restaurant as well. For me, I'm not really into taking over the business. I prefer have my brother taking over because he has more of the experience as well as he's a full-time worker there. For me, I would like to focus all of the outsider information. But if any chance, if I have the opportunity to take over in the future, I would definitely help my parents. Succession plan as of now is not currently processed. And if there's any, it won't be legal document or anything. It's just going to be like a word because we have a lot of trust within our family. So none of that issue will happen if we have to go back and forth. But unlike your older siblings, you're a full-time student. How are you able to juggle academic demands with the stress of running an actual business of which you're a family member. Freshman year of high school, I start part-time working with my family. It wasn't great for me, to be honest, because I play tennis and I have to devote a lot of time in there. Personally, don't like it. But as the time goes on, I feel like it's actually a unique experience because not only you get to work, you get to earn money, but at the same time, you get to interact with customers. You get to learn from their experiences. So that helped me a lot because I like to communicate with 
people who has a lot of experience and I want to learn what they do and also like what I want to do in the future if that's something that I'm interested with the connection of like the communication so it's a unique experience what are your plans after you graduate are you intentionally going to do something else or is it expected that a year later you're automatically going to go into the restaurant I hope to get an internship in a consultant firm after that if I have a little more free time in the future future as in 20 years later, if my family business still around or still need my help, definitely I will help them. Because I think by that time, 20 years later or 30 years later, a restaurant that can operate more than 20 years is really good. You can either expand to other countries. I can even bring it back to Malaysia to open up another chain or restaurant. Daryl, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Daryl Quek, current undergraduate business student and potentially future owner of a family business. Back to you, Don. Thanks, Craig. Support for the language of business is from Boston University Questrom School of Business. We're available wherever you get podcasts. We now have downloads in 76 countries. We really appreciate the support. Social media is by Jennifer Powell of the Excellent Writers Group. Music by Randy Barth of Osui Media. Consulting producer is Helen Tierney of Happy Accident Productions. Audio production, editing, and voiceover by yours truly. Special thanks to Mike Carruthers of somethingyoushouldknow.net. For Greg Stoller and the entire team, I'm Don Kelly. Thanks for listening to The Language of Business.